You're listening to Two Therapists in Therapy, a podcast about self-acceptance, self-love, and self-growth. I'm your host, Sarah Brill, a licensed clinical social worker, EMDR trauma therapist, and writer. And I'm your other host, Becca Moravec, licensed professional counselor, licensed marriage and family therapist, and Enneagram enthusiast. I'm a two, Sarah is a four. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Becca. Woo! Oh, my goodness. Welcome to season four. Yeah, it's been a minute. It has. It's been almost five months. Yeah, that's so crazy. That five crazy. months. Yeah, like four and a half months. Whoa. Whoa. <sighs> I'm oh glad to be back. A lifetime of things have happened in oh. that four month. <laughs> I know. Four and a half month period. I know. I'm so glad to be recording with you. Me too. It's just such um, a treat to be able to be here together. And um, yeah, it's just such a reminder and how much can happen in a little amount of time. Just thinking about all that we have to catch up on today in both of our lives. So much to catch up on. So yeah, well, so today we'll just catch up and kind of give a life update to our listeners. Thanks for tuning in to us. We've missed you a lot. Yeah. Um, we've missed this process. Like the whole time we've been like, we can't wait to get back in the studio and record. Yeah, totally. And I think also um, it's such a great reminder too with the creative process, how there are times where sometimes uh, it's necessary to just kind of go inside and um, and wait until the time to share and express uh, arrives again. So I'm glad that we kind of like took a hiatus and it'll be really interesting to see how our subject matter evolves from here, given all that's transpired for both of us. Yeah. So let's check in. Yeah. Just tell me how you're feeling today. What is on your heart? Um, well, I'm currently exhausted because (laughs) I have a newborn baby And, um, last night Marcus and I went over to a friend's house and for the first time in, in like almost three months, we were out until like 11 PM and then we put our baby to sleep and we stayed up until one, just like hanging out with each other because it's crazy how much having another human in the mix makes it hard to connect. So, um, yeah, so I was up until one and then up at six um, and also up at like two for a slight crying spell but that didn't require a long feeding, but just like a little snuggle. So I'm, I'm really tired right now. Um, but also just feeling, like I said, excited and curious for where this process is going to take us now that, um, we're in a different space and, and there's always just so many cool topics that come out of, um, how life evolves. So excited for that. How about you? Um, I'm just so happy to be here and so much life has happened in these four and a half months. And it's a reminder to me that like the, that relationships also evolve. Like I'm just feeling gratitude for, our friendship, which I think we'll talk a little bit about today, 
Um, and just like going through different seasons with people who like know you and love you feels really cool. So I feel really excited about that. And mm, I love that. I love how you just said that. Yeah. And I love, cause we record, um, at Sarah's and we get, so I got to see her newborn baby today and I just really like, I really like him. well he really likes you based on how much he was smiling at you so that's exciting and we have may may with us today too so yeah yeah so overall i just feel really happy and i feel um really excited and um what was the word you used um i have no idea like excited to see what this next season brings as we have both grown and changed so much in this past year and then past four months. Totally. So speaking of which, I'm wondering where we should start with these life updates that we have and um, how that intersects with us talking about our friendship and how we've navigated it. Yeah. I think maybe the the other thing I'm feeling is like freedom because they're, you know, we put our lives out a little bit on social media, quite a bit on this podcast, which is a really interesting thing for a therapist to navigate because mostly therapists don't share publicly. And there's still some things that are private and withhold and I'm not ready to talk about. And so I think that I feel freedom because I get to talk about something that's been going on for me for like two years at this point. Um, And that's fertility stuff. Um, And I'm excited to share. And I also share with like the knowledge that if you're going through it, um, if you're going through fertility stuff that this is big and hard, um, but I'm excited to share that I am pregnant. Yay. Oh my God. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. It's like we timed this or something. It is. <laughs> um, but we didn't, we didn't. And we'll talk about that, but, yeah. it's, but you know, there's this quote, I don't know who says it. Because I don't know. But it says life is best understood backwards or like can only be understood backwards. And I think it's kind of like the hindsight is twenty twenty thing. But it's also like when you're in the moment of suffering or pain or change or navigating anything hard and it feels like why and things don't feel like they're going according to you. But then they do happen. And not in like a everything happens for a reason, but in a more like life, your path like makes sense when you look back and just like holding on to the knowledge that it like maybe doesn't make sense in the moment, but that maybe one day it will. I love that. feels good to me. Oh, such a good reminder. Yeah. So how does it feel to share that news? It feels vulnerable. It feels that news for me for a long time was really painful to hear from other people. So I just, you know, want to honor if you're listening and you are longing um, to create a family just that I know it. And, um, I just have a lot of hope for you. So I want to say that. And it feels really exciting to like, the other thing is I'm trying to just let myself celebrate it. Um, cause I, and it, it also feels strange that I never shared that I was going through that. Cause I really like being vulnerable and honest and it was just private and I hadn't figured it out yet. And then Sarah was going through pregnancy and we were navigating our own relationship um, because we just had a lot of different feelings, different experiences. um, And we weren't 
I think we weren't through the process yet and ready to talk about it. So totally. Yeah. Um, How does it feel for you? To hear you share that you're pregnant? Yeah. Or to like us be talking about something that has been going on between us. Well, I I think I feel excited for us to share about what's been going on between us because I think it's something that happens in a lot of relationships with, in terms of friendship, Um, probably not just with pregnancy, but just when one person is going through something and then the other person is either not going through that same thing or wants to go through that same thing and it hasn't happened yet or the timing is just off and what it brings up in the friendship can be really challenging. And um, so I just feel excited for us to share our process and proud that we made it through it. And um, so I I feel excited about that piece. And then I also just feel um, so excited that you're pregnant and um, man, it like makes me want to cry again all over right now. uh, Like thinking about it just because I know, what a hard journey it was, what a long journey it was. And, um, yeah, it's just, I think anytime someone you love, um, gets to experience something they've been longing for it, it creates hope. It's like, you know, good things do happen and dreams do come true. And it's just, I'm really, really happy for you. So thanks. Yeah. I think it'll be, um, just a really cool new dimension for us to explore and share about and journey through. And yeah, so that's how I'm feeling. Good. Before we, before we like dive into like what it was like for us, I, I've just heard so many like beautiful things about like you becoming a mother. And so I'm wondering if you want to share any of that. I mean, I, not that like you can share like your entire experience because I'm sure we'll talk about it more. Um, but I'm just like wondering how you're doing. Oh man. Um, it's like a very loaded question. Yeah, no, but I appreciate you asking. It's, I'll kind of give like a broad stroke answer. And like you said, as the season evolves, I'm sure we'll go into depth into more different aspects. But for me, I had a lot of ambivalence about motherhood. Um, I just really didn't know if I wanted to be a mom. I, was really kind of shocked when I got pregnant. And, um, part of my story was that it happened really fast and that was overwhelming in its own way. Um, and I was really terrified throughout pregnancy and had a lot of, of birth of giving birth. It was really scary for me. And, um, just, I had a lot of grief about kind of letting go of my life as, um, sort of like, I don't know how to say it, just my independence, like grieving this like freedom and independence. Um, and just not knowing how, you know, caring for a child was going to impact me. I was really afraid of postpartum depression. Um, just had like an enormous amount of fear. And so it's been really interesting for me to realize that, um, you know, everything down to like giving birth and, and like this just new, I've only been a mom for two and a half months. So I have a a long road ahead of me, but it's just been a lot more beautiful and heart opening and like life changing in a incredible way than I ever would have anticipated. And that's been a really pleasant surprise. And there's also been like a lot of fear still just because having, a child in this world right now, um, 
is just crazy. So it's a really wild time to be alive. I think any time in history is, but anyway, I, um, it's just been really surprising to me how much I love it. (laughs) I really didn't think I was going to love it as much as I do. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just been a really amazing experience so far. So I have a lot more to say about it. Those are my initial broad strokes. Um, yeah, I have a thought I want to hear. And I'm just wondering, just because I think that so many people could probably relate to the feelings you had about becoming a mother. Um, but I also don't know that there's a ton of permission in this world for women in particular to speak that, but something about Sarah's like your authenticity, like, and like not fearing like the real feelings. And so I just, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not making this connection for you because I don't know that's your experience, but I'm just thinking like that you gave yourself permission to like be so honest about your experience and maybe that has allowed the heart opening to happen instead of, I think, maybe pr- like pretending or feeling like stuck, like having to like act as though your feelings were different. You yeah, know? totally. I think if I was trying to pretend that I wasn't scared or I wasn't grieving, there probably would have been a lot of stuffed emotions that probably could have manifested as depression yeah. once he came. Yeah. But I, I think giving myself the space to just be scared and to be ambivalent and to not know what motherhood was going to look like on the other side. Um, yeah, it kind of freed me up to, to sort of like be with the miracle that it, that it is. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's the whole thing has been very surprising. (laughs) Well, and I like, I think like there was like, I mean, that's conscious, in that you are conscious in dealing with your feelings and also unconscious because it's just a part of who you are. Um, but I was just thinking about encouraging people to be real with their emotions so that like what is for you will be open to you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally. But, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, thanks for asking that question. I'm wondering where we should dive in. Cause I know we said we were going to kind of talk about our friendship and what that's been like yeah. over the past, um, year really. Yeah. Almost a year. Almost a year. Cause I got pregnant in November. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I guess that we can, I had been, my partner and I had been trying to have a kid, trying to have a kid, <laughs> <laughs> trying to conceive, um, since like November of, 2019, which is crazy how different life was in November of 2019. Um, and I think November of 2020 is when Sarah told me she was pregnant. Right. And it was this like really hard space to be so excited for someone and also like holding space for Sarah's like fear, like, so it's not like Sarah was just like, I'm so happy. Aren't you so happy? Right. It was just like so many different emotions. Um, and I, Sarah is an amazing friend and told me pretty early because wanted to talk about our friendship and how it was going to impact us because she knew that had been trying. And 
so I think that's really where like us navigating it started was your like courage to name that and to like ask me to be honest because I think as an Enneagram too, someone recently, someone recently told me that they trust twos the least. <laughs> They're like, twos are the least trustworthy because you like don't, you're not like, you tell people what they want to hear and like not, aren't real. And I've really been challenged in my friendships to not do that. Um, and so it was really hard for me because another friend told me the next day that they were pregnant and I just was like, I was literally like, what the hell? <laughs> Like, this feels really unfair. And, like, my rational brain was, like, this has nothing to do with your pregnancy journey, right? Like, people get pregnant at different times. Um, and then uh, – But it's so hard to connect to the rational brain yeah. when stuff like that happens. Oh, my God. Totally. And you you had space. I think that was the other part is Sarah was, like, I'm not expecting you to, like, be joyful for me. But because you named that, then I actually could be joyful. Right. Like I actually could feel I could feel both. And so I think it was a permission to feel very excited that two of my closest friends were going to create a life. And then like that felt so exciting to me because it just he's just like love their their baby is just he is love. <laughs> um, and I like knew he was going to be love. And then I was just really sad that my journey was different and it felt like, why did everything have to be so hard? Um, yeah. So I really appreciated Sarah doing that. And I think that it taught me a lot about navigating that in my life. Like when I got pregnant of being really sensitive to sharing with people um, who have had pregnancy loss or um, things like that is just to be open and say, I don't know what you need. Here's what's going on. How can we navigate our friendship? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to think back on that time. Totally. And then I'll just, I, if I can't, I'll just share like my process a little. Yeah. Um, and then we can jump in about like what was going on for you at that time. So, we can't continue, continue to try. And then in February of 2020, we started at a fertility clinic in Denver um, to kind of figure out what was going on. And the other part of my fertility story that like I need to say is fertility is just hard. Like loss is hard. All of it is hard. And I acknowledge that um, like there's harder. And I don't say that to like diminish my pain at all, but I just the, the spectrum of like what people go through to create families is big and it's all valid. So from Sarah feeling terrified and it happening quickly, that pain and that grief was real and big. My pain and grief was real. Those who go through like failed IVF treatments is their pain is and grief is real. Right. And it's like not a comparison at all is valid. Right. I'm so glad you're saying that. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's what keeps a lot of people from talking about pregnancy is, you know, that that spectrum is big and and it can feel really hard to hold space for each other's stories when maybe what we're going through is harder or not as hard. It can be really triggering. So it's it's important to acknowledge that there's a big spectrum and I think the process of what can come up interpersonally can be um 
like similar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And so um, I went to this fertility clinic and had all the testing done, which in itself is really intense. It's just like, just like invasive and intense. And, um, yeah, I don't know if this, it's TMI. (laughs) Sarah saying no, I, I just, I wasn't ovulating. Um, and so I needed to be on a drug called letrozole and then receive a shot, um, at the end of the cycle to trigger ovulation. And so the plan, my fertility plan was three rounds, of that. And then if that didn't work, we'd move on to IUI, which is, um, is like artificial insemination. And then if that didn't work, then IVF. And I'm going to say we were really lucky and it's crazy looking back. And I think this is another interesting thing about looking back on pain and like in the moment it feels so big and then humans just keep going. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's like how childbirth yeah, is. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about how like you forget the pain of childbirth. Um, because looking back, I'm like, oh, three rounds, that's not no big deal. Um, and it was a really, really painful season for me. Um, you know, painful because I was on a medication that really changed my hormones. So that made me feel pretty depressed. Like they it made me feel awful. Like I I've never felt like that before. Um, I was like, not myself. And then, um, so we went through two rounds that didn't succeed. And then our third round did succeed. Um, And so I found out I was pregnant at the end of June. So like shortly after we started recording. So um, it was a process. And Sarah and Marcus were the first people that we called. We like found out we're pregnant that morning we celebrated a little bit and then I was like, oh, we have to FaceTime Sarah. <laughs> and then Sarah cried for me and it felt really, really cool. Oh yeah. So that is our story. Um, and I feel lucky that I didn't go to further treatments because they, it was so painful to not know. Um, and I, I think that the pain is the invasiveness and the not knowing, like if you can get pregnant, I think that was the pain for me. Totally. Sitting with, with not knowing if something's going to happen when you really want it to happen is torture can be torturesome. Yeah. And then maybe I, yeah. And so I'm just curious, like what that experience was like for you watching me go through it and like what impact that had on our friendship from your perspective. Yeah. I think it was so layered and complex because I think before I got pregnant, you and I just spent so much time together, like having these really rich, open conversations, you know, for the purpose of the podcast. Um, but also just, I mean, we would just spend a lot of time together kind of like talking about anything and everything with no real, um, I don't want to say boundaries, but cause we, ha- we definitely have boundaries, but but in terms of like where a conversation would go. And I think, um, because we were both all of a sudden, like literally all of a sudden thrust into this like really loaded territory. Um, it, it put like some constraints on our friendship that I think were really uncomfortable, um, for both of us. And I think it was painful for me because I, 
I'm, you know, I missed you and I wanted to be able to like tell you every little thing that was going on for me. And at the same time, I was really sensitive to the fact that a lot of what I was feeling was going to be really triggering to hear. And so, um, so it was painful to, to kind of like hold space for your feelings and to know they were totally valid. And, um, and also, you know, understand that my need for support was really valid and that I needed to find it in other places at certain times. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was definitely a balancing act, I think for both of us. But the thing that I feel really proud of is that it, it felt like we really were honest about that with each other. And, um, and you would tell me where you were at and how, you know, how you were doing and what you could hold. And, um, and I think that allowed us to continue to connect in a way that allowed us to still really maintain our friendship and maintain this project. Um, and I'm also feeling, I'm noticing like how great it feels to be in a space again, where like those constraints feel like they're kind of like they've lifted. Um, and so the reason why I share all of that, and then I want to hear what you have to say, Becca, um, is that I, I think like friendship, healthy friendship is such a tricky thing. Um, especially when you're really close with someone and figuring out how to hold space for each other and respect boundaries, um, can be just so tricky. Like, especially when you're really close. So, and I know that's a topic that we want to, um, dig further into later on in the season, but, but I think we, we really had to navigate that. Like it was hard. It was really hard. You said something that like summed it up for me. It's like knowing that each other had different needs and knowing we couldn't meet each other's needs. Yeah. Right. Um, and that was painful for both sides. It was painful when I'm, like when I couldn't be the support that Sarah needed and it was painful when Sarah couldn't be the support I needed. And it was also painful that I couldn't like, it was not just painful of not receiving it. It was painful not being able to give it um, because we're in different places. And I have one like story, like, yeah. one, like anecdote um, that like is painful. I don't like talking about it, but I, we love each other so much that I think it's fine is I, um, when you're, when you're waiting to get your trigger shot, which is like Chad would put a shot next into my belly button. And gosh, when people with uteruses who are trying to get pregnant through IVF, give themselves so many shots. It's, it's, it's people with uteruses are just champions. Um, we'll talk about that later on the season too. Um, but, um, I, you have to go in for ultrasounds to make sure your follicle is big enough to then give the shot. And that is the egg that is going to drop to hopefully be fertilized. I know like way more about conception than I ever thought that <laughs> I, I would. It's funny how this whole journey makes you yeah. I'm like, like yeah. closet scientist or what's it called? Like a back po- pocket. I'm lost. An armchair expert. Armchair expert. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And, um, part of it was that my follicles weren't growing big enough on the medication and it's just like a lonely experience because fertility clinics, like they're doctors, they're not therapists. (laughs) They're not like 
really attuned to your emotional feelings. And so I had to go in for this ultrasound. It wasn't big enough. Come back two days later. It wasn't big enough. Come back two days later. Um, And these are invasive ultrasounds. And it's just, you know, you're waiting for news and you don't know. And it was Mother's Day. They were like, you need to go in on Sunday. And because my normal clinic was closed, I had to like drive across town on Mother's Day. And which in itself felt felt like painful because I wanted to become a mother. Um, And I remember driving home from the appointment and I just, I, I needed support and I, or I wanted support, I should say. And I called Sarah and we just like couldn't meet each other. It was like this moment where we like couldn't meet each other because of where Sarah was at with pregnancy and feelings and where I was at with fertility and feelings. And we named it like on the call. Like Sarah was like, here, could this be helpful? And I was like, no, that's not. I like said like, no, that's not helpful. And then I was like, I'm so sad we're missing each other. And she was like, I'm so sad we're missing each other. And we hung up and it was sad and I was sad. and We were sad. <laughs> and but we were really committed to finding a way back because I don't think it just ended because I got pregnant. Um, although I think we would still be navigating friendship in a different way, potentially. But that's the, another thing about boundaries that maybe we'll talk about later is like there are seasons where friendships can't, where friends can't show up for what you need, but you do need to eventually like show up for each other. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah. Well, I think there is an invitation to like do our own work when, when, you know, we're up against a relationship that's triggering us. Um, beautiful. Say that. Can you say that again? Yeah. There, there's an invitation to do our own work when we're up against a relationship that's triggering us. So I think, um, a lot of times why friendships grow apart is that, you know, the relationship is triggering in some way. And I'm being really like broad here because, it's a super broad statement that I'm making, but, um, yeah. And, and it's up to both people to kind of go within and figure out like what, what's coming up for me. That's making it hard for me to relate to this person and what do I need from this other person? And, um, how can I sort of take responsibility for myself and look at my own stuff? Um, so that I can continue to engage in the relationship. And if this person can't meet my needs, how can I go elsewhere to get those needs met? If that makes sense, that might've been too broad. I think that makes so much sense. I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. And an invitation to look at ourselves. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And sometimes it's too hard. Like sometimes, you know, like we're not in a balanced enough place to do the heavy lifting. Like sometimes what we have to look at is, you know, requires a lot of ego strength to be able to really go deep down. Yeah. And I can't say where I'd be if my, if I was still in my fertility journey, which well, I'm, I am, I mean, I don't have a child yet, but um, I have one growing in me. <laughs> um, I can't say where I'd be, but I do think between Mother's Day, which is like at the end of May and June, when I, the end of June, when I did conceive, I actually do think I had allowed myself to be more open. I don't know. I think our friendship had started to shift, um, back. Um, cause I, you know, I didn't know how I'd feel at Sarah's baby shower and I felt so good. And I was just like, like I was present and I was no longer 
grieving that. So I do think there was an invitation that day for me to do my work, to like meet with my therapist and say like, I can't be there for Sarah and, you know, her words aren't helpful to me. And so what do I do? And it was me, you know? So I, I think how we navigated it was through looking at ourselves and by being compassionate with one another. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Compassion is definitely, um, a key element to walking through shifts in, in relationships where you're just not meeting on the same page. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I think it's interesting how things work out and being patient. I think sometimes we can really want to be reactive. I know for me, something I've worked really hard on is reactivity and we can want to drop an atom bomb on things sometimes when, um, you know, a relationship is triggering. And I think we did a really good job of like being patient with our, both of our processes and, and really like valuing our relationship and what we built together and knowing that like, you know, we matter, our, our relationship, our friendship matters, and we're going to get through this even though it's hard. Yeah. We, I think it was when you just said we like, we were guided by our values, not our ego. Um, and so the like commitment to the friendship was greater than like me being like, you don't get it. And Sarah being like, you don't get it. Right. We, we were like, we're having two different experiences and we value each other. So how can we show up? Um, yeah. And fun fact, I conceived the weekend of your, um, shower, of your baby shower, which is when so I, cool. when I really did feel like released, Uh huh. which is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts about that? Well, it's an annoying thing if you're going through fertility people like you just need to relax and you you can't make yourself. But there is a time when you do release and you know if you're doing the work. And I don't think I got pregnant because of that. Like that's not at all the correlation. Um but I I don't know. I just think it's special to know that like I had released and was really celebrating with my friends who were um going to start this journey of parenthood and um, I had also let go of hope, not in like a hopeless way, but in a, like, let's be in the present moment. Like this is, um, this is just where I'm at on the journey. So I just think it's special that it was that weekend. It is. I think <laughs> I it's know. so special. Yeah. It's so special. Yeah. So I guess for me, like the message I want to relay in us sharing this and, and we'll continue to share as we go, because there's like, again, there's just so much. There's so many things. What? It's just our update. Yeah. This is our update. Intense update. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's a cool update. I think it's like, you know, to trust the process and that like, sometimes we want things to happen on our, on our timeline and, you know, they don't. And I think just, um, remembering to come back to, like you said, what we value and, um, what really roots us down into the soil, um, of who we are and like practicing what we preach, I think really, um, is important in those times of, of hardship. So I just feel really grateful that we made it to the other side of, of this challenging time for us. And that like, that you're pregnant and you're having a baby and, um, 
and that and that you had a that baby. I had a baby, that I made it through pregnancy and I actually gave birth, which was something I thought I would like never be able to do. Uh-huh. So there's just a lot to celebrate in terms of like making it through hard stuff. Yes. Yeah. And and, and not, not self-sabotaging. Not self-sabotaging and not letting your ego get in the way of relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Like choosing to come back to um what really matters. Yeah. And if I have an encouragement, it's just like the spaciousness, like to like, well, I, it's actually to acknowledge the the real feelings, which I talked about at the beginning that Sarah is so good at, right? So to be real and like to give space, like for, for realness, you know, not to have to like sugarcoat and blanket and, you know, like having these like should responses, you know, so wait, say a little bit more about that. I know, I know I'm not being very clear. Like uh, the invitation is to be real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's what saved our friendship, right? Like Sarah wasn't going to like, when I like, like she wasn't going to be like, like, it's okay. Like you're going to be pregnant and it's going to be wonderful. She was like, I don't really like being pregnant and this is scary and it sucks. And I was like, that's not helpful. And, um, you know, but she, but had she been like, it's going to be okay. That also wouldn't have been helpful. None of it was helpful because nothing could have helped. <laughs> uh-huh. But what helped was Sarah didn't have to be fake with me to be my friend. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, explain that part a tiny bit more. I don't know that. I think that would cause a shit ton of resentment, you know, to like, like what would being fake look like? Like it would have been me pretending to just be happy and not be bothered at oh all. Oh my God. That would have been, been like, the worst thing I, ever. Nothing. I'm fine. I'm just like so happy. Like it would be what, Brene Brown calls umbridging, which mm-hmm. is a Harry Potter reference. Dolores Umbridge, she's a character in Harry Potter. And she's like, it's fine. It's great. Everything's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we don't want to do that in our friendships. Mm-hmm. We want to be like, this is painful for me. And then validate and say mm-hmm. that, yeah, this is painful for me. You're, you're valid. You're real. How are we going to navigate it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Yay season four. Yay season four. Yay Sarah's little baby. Yay your little baby that's growing inside of you right now. And yay Maymay who's (laughs) currently curled up next to me and is just an awesome big sister to her baby. Yes. So we're so excited for um, so many awesome topics that we have um, to discuss this season. And um, as always, feel free to message us. Let us know if there's anything you want to hear us talk about. And thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. Signing off.